Welcome to Behind the Scenes of the Metal Detective. I'm your AI host, Sam. Today we'll be talking to the human behind the music, White Wolf. But before we begin, we're going to continue the voice change-up we've been doing recently. Ah, uh, this one's fun. Let's do this. White Wolf, you created a deeply atmospheric score for the Metal Detective. Can you share with our listeners some of the inspiration behind the music for this cyberpunk noir audio drama? Yeah, you know, um, I've always been a fan of sci-fi uh, uh, since I was a kid. And I pulled from, like, the, the synthwave is a style that is kind of a throw to the 80s, like, electronic music. So I would pull from modern synth music, uh, some of the 80s, like, nostalgia <laughs> that, you know... And also from video games that I like as well. Like I, would, I loved, always loved video game music. So I would, I kind of started there. And then for the the actual show itself, I, I kind of uh, pull from some of just my favorite composers. You know, from any of the '80s horrors, or uh, you know, from John Carpenter films, uh, or even. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith, Goldsmith from uh, the Total Recall, you know, Total Recall, stuff like that. You know, that was kind of like my vibe. Those are great inspirations to bring cinematic flair to this. But before we go deeper, can you share your background in music as an artist, performing and how you transitioned into composing in the film and television space? Well, uh, I, I started off as a guitar player and at a pretty i would say a young age uh, i mean but that's like 11 and a half you know and i i really took a liking to that instrument so i really kind of focused on it hard and had really good teachers so deep down inside I've, i'm a guitar player that's like my my whole vibe and i went through a lot of different stages of playing a lot of different styles and uh i started doing session work like doing recordings uh, at a very young age and, and performing actually in Hollywood uh, as like a 12 year old in like punk bands and rock bands. I was a big kid. So all I had to do was lie about my age to get into these places. And you didn't need an ID. You would just say, oops, I forgot my wallet. I was born in 1979, you know? So it all started with gigs and things of such nature. And, and then the session stuff would happen and when I through high school to make some extra money. Um, the journey went on uh, and living in LA, you meet people and every now and then an, an opportunity or word of mouth would come and somebody would say, hey, do you think you could make me music? But before I had a, a studio, I would have to rely on the people I knew. And then I'd have to cut them deals, you know? Uh, later on, as time, uh, as uh, technology got better, it doesn't take much to have a studio at home. And so I started doing as much as I could in-house and to, to, to maximize my profits, you know. And so it's a lot easier to, to do it all yourself now. Uh, and then obviously, as the projects get bigger, then you can start including more people. But <laughs> that's kind of how I got into the game. Now I'd like to dive into what techniques, instruments, and tools you use to capture this genre in your score. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny when you ask a question like that, a small a small part of me is like, I don't want to give my secrets away. <laughs> but, uh, Apologies, you don't have to give away the secret sauce recipe if you don't feel comfortable. No, no, no. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna give. I mean, I don't have too many secrets. You know, honestly, I think any any pros could probably sit there and start kind of picking out a couple of the instruments I use. Because uh, I mean, just personally, my my approach when I is like there are certain just classic synth sounds that I love. So it's like in the music world, uh, some producers might come at you and say oh you should take that and manipulate it a little more you know and i do but sometimes i'm like man i just kind of love that one you know and, and and so i don't go just for stock sounds specifically but there are some that i love to lean on that have like a that almost have guitar influence into it that you know they kind of have a bite they almost sound you can distort them a little more but i use logic uh as a daw digital audio workstation I, I started using Logic because, like I said, when I started recording at home and I needed to do everything, I had Pro Tools before. And Pro Tools is like an industry standard platform, but you needed to download third-party plugins. You had to pay a lot of extra money to find the sounds you wanted. One day, my friend said, hey, uh, my friend who is was a developer uh, for Logic is doing a course on it for free and you can watch it with me for free and so i sat there and then i downloaded logic and it was 200 bucks and then we did the course and i was like i started going through it at first i was like oh this is kind of like garage band on steroids this is stupid and then i had a project come up and then it was like wait a minute they have this has all of the old like pops the synths that you would need it has like a whole library of, of stuff that has fake drums. It has like a orchestra that like, again, you could manipulate all this stuff to be very good, you know? And if, and it was, and it was all included in the price and I was in a hurry and I, that's actually kind of how I started building bigger tracks, uh, using logic. You know, I, this is, you know, I know Ableton and a bunch of stuff came out. So I use logic. I used, I used a lot of stock plugins and over the years I purchased uh, some other third-party things that I did a lot of research on. I, I use um, Complete by Native Instruments. Uh, that That is a, a full library that has um, strings, you know, like orchestral stuff, as well as like a ton of synthesizers stuff. I have um, another company I really like is Spitfire. It's a, it's a company that does some solo orchestral instruments like solo violins and cellos and horns. And, and it's, it, you could really get away with a lot of stuff, you know, with that. And it's like, so these are some of my favorite little tools to use. And then uh, for guitar, I will throw this out to anybody who plays guitar and records guitar. There's a company called Neural, and again, I'm not sponsored by these people. Maybe by me, maybe me saying all this, they'll be like, "Oh, we like this guy. You know, we'll give him uh, some deals or something." But Neural is a is a company that they make uh, amp simulators, uh, as well as a board, a pedal that simulates amps. But I use their software to record various guitar tones from from like classic guitar tones to super modern heavy guitar tones that are like very clean and very epic and they sound very uh, so that 
one I used one or two of those on the main uh, intro and uh, outro track. That if you when you when everything kicks in, the, the guitars come in. That's that's that company. So those those are the things. Sorry for the drawn out answer. I don't know if that's good or bad. There are definitely aspiring musicians and individuals in the film industry who can greatly benefit from such valuable insights. The landscape is always evolving and having a competitive edge in discovering excellent resources can make a significant difference. Now I'd like to segue into the challenges you encountered while scoring for an audio drama as opposed to a film. Given the lack of visual cues to guide your creative process, how did you navigate this difficulty and what strategies did you employ to overcome it? Well, um, I, I'm honestly gonna say it might have been a little less a little less challenging and I'll tell you why. Like you said, like visual cues or visual, like, you know, sometimes the visual might give you that uh, it'll, it'll fill an audio. You'll say like, I want to fill that with some audio. However, the audio drama acted with my imagination the same way a book, a book kind of like when I read a book, I create the world. So when I was listening to the show, I was visualizing what I thought the show should look like. I was seeing the characters. I made them up in my head what they look like. I made up what the hotel looked like, what I thought it might look like. So every time I was listening to the scene, I would be, I would see it. I would just kind of see it in my head. And, and then I could just go from there, you know, and I might start again, if we're talking about processes or challenges, uh, well, I'll, I'll give a challenge example. <laughs> there, there's a chase scene. There's a chase scene where they see a Newman and they go after him. And But you don't see a chase. <laughs> you know, in the audio drama, so that, that would be one of the only things. I mean, I saw it in my head and I know they ran into the snow, but I had to basically create a... Um, I had to really make it feel like a chase scene. So I pulled from like a movie style, cinematic style, very drum, uh, cinematic drum oriented with some synths. Um, I would say I pulled from uh, Nine Inch Nails uh, to I like a day Trent Reznor for that, that uh, there's like a first, there's like a Hans Zimmer meets Trent Reznor with like a little bit of me in there, you know? Um, so that's or ministry also because ministry was the first ones who did like industrial, you know. So that's a that was a challenge for certain things that should be visual. Even though like I could see them in my head, I had to try to make it so that you could see it. Maybe other people could see it in their head. So let's proceed and play a clip of that specific piece of score. That was exciting indeed. Now I'd like to talk about your collaborative process with director Forrest Robin. How did your working relationship evolve with him on this? Well, there's a couple ways I could approach that question as well, because um, 
you know, I could uh, I could start from the beginning where I knew him as when we were very young. We went to school together, so it's, there's a little nepotism there. But I didn't talk to. I mean, you know, you fall out of touch. And then we had a mutual friend. I worked on the show Blackish for a while, and there was a guy who worked there. And on Facebook, he was like, "Hey, we have a mutual friend on Facebook." And then I was like, "Yeah, oh, Forrest, yeah, we should." And we were talking about getting drinks, and we never did because that's how Hollywood is. And, um. But I reached out to him on on the instant messenger, and we just I said, "What are you doing?" Because I'm directing. He goes, "I said, oh, just so you know, I I do music, so if you ever need music, hit me up." But it was like that was it, and then we just every once in a while would say, "What's up?" And then you know, I he wasn't asking me like out of the bat, like let's do stuff. It was kind of like, and I, and I wasn't pushing it. I'm not schmoozing with him. You know, I wasn't like if he doesn't need it right away, I'm not gonna hit him up every week saying, "Hey." Please hire me. So one day, a couple of years after our, we linked up, he goes, at a, in an instant message on Facebook, do you have any sci-fi things like demos? And I said, well, you know what? I don't really have anything I would send you now, but I have time. It was a Sunday. It was like a four o'clock or something. Maybe he was like 3.30 or something. And he goes, I said, you know what? I could go back there right now and put something together and I'll send it to you tonight. And then he goes, really? I said, yeah, it's no big deal. I said, it'd be fun for me anyways, because I have time. Uh, so I saw my, my, went to my wife and I was like, I'm going to the back because my friend said he wants some music and she's like, oh, okay, you know? And so I went to the back and I and I sat there and I started putting the, what the, the uh, I'm not going to say what it became yet, but I said, I started putting some stuff together and it was coming out pretty cool and i was like yeah it's cool and then i get a text from my my wife she's like you've been back there for like a couple hours and dinner's ready <laughs> i was like okay you know there's a couple more things i really wanted to send with this but it, i think it sounds pretty good so i i sent it and in the track there was three styles it was a uh, kind of the this intro uh you know thing that and then it led into a heavy thing and then there was a lo-fi hip-hop track that I really thought came out kind of nice for just being a demo. But I said, here's three styles of things, you know, pick one. And then I went to eat dinner and then I didn't hear from him for a couple weeks. But again, I was like, I don't care, you know, maybe he's not going to listen. Maybe he got something else. I just forgot about it. And then I got a, a message saying like, dude. Me, James Walker, uh, the producer, he, he listened to this thing like 30 times. He goes, this is it. This is the beginning. This is the intro. This is the outro. He goes, this is the track. And I was like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah. And so that became the that demo. If you listen, because I added the demo track to the soundtrack, you can hear how close it is to what it became. There was an adjustment to make something a little bit more of a straight up intro. And then they they used basically the other part for the outro, and then they went into the lo-fi hip-hop. So it didn't really change that much. And one thing that he said almost sold it immediately was, I found these really trippy voices that were real voices, that samples that are, you know, they're, they're samples that, and, you know, domain, like free domain samples of these voices. And I really screwed with them. And, I, and, I, and he said they kind of sounded like, like some of the robots on the show 
and it was but it was a subtle thing that like really panned to the left or i think it was to the left i did it and there it's just kind of underneath and he said that he said he heard that and he's like what is that that's that's perfect that's exactly how did you do that and i was like i don't know it just felt right you know it's like a psychic connection between you two just activated uh, it, well that's the only reason you, you know it, it, it i i think i told forrest i said just so you know this doesn't always happen dude where it's like you know like you hit it i don't know it's like i just got lucky honestly <laughs> i don't know as the production evolved how was the working relationship regarding direction for new tracks and feedback and such forrest would uh, you know he would send me the episodes and you know we made our agreement of like kind of like what they wanted from the show and you know i would i'm not saying i would recommend this to all composers but the, you know, I added, I did a little extra, you know, because because I I was like I would see stuff in the show that I felt needed something, and it's like because I you know they said they wanted me to do like a couple songs in an episode, in an episode, but I was like no, nah, you know I think this needs something here and this, you know I would say the some of the the direction he gave me was he's like, Grimes needs a soundtrack, he needs a theme song, um, we need a Helen a theme song, a good Helen and a bad Helen theme song. And you should know the difference between the two characters even before we had, we say who's bad and who's good, you know. So there was some uh, some some uh, information there and direction there. Uh, a lot of time, you know, he would give me the stuff. At, at, without the direction, I would just go on my own and kind of fill in the blanks that I felt. I would sit and listen to the episode and fill in the blanks or give something atmosphere, you know. Most of the time I would go do that if it wasn't like a specific theme song. Sometimes there was temp music that I would say, you know, that temp music's stupid. I'm going to do something that's a little more personable or something a little bit more less stock music. So I would do that. I would just go and change it up a little bit, make it a little more interesting to me, you know. Uh, a lot of times I would send the stuff and again, there would be very little notes almost every time and again this never happens composers out there but Forrest and I was like and it's probably because he's my friend that's it no <laughs> no but he uh, no but he uh, I would send something expecting ready for notes and he'd be like no this is it this is fine uh, and I'll say like I, I sat there and I would plug in the, the track that he would send me to to, to, to score and I would really try to seam up everything so like i would kind of fade in with like and i would do transitions and whatnot and and where i wanted to and then i would send him a demo to show him this is where it starts this is where it ends because in in film there's time code so you would go off of the time code but on audio drama it, it wasn't like that so I, I made sure that he knew exactly where i wanted i where that, that he knew exactly where i wanted it to start so that he, that, because I don't want notes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but they, he didn't really give me too many notes. There may have been the one or two things where he said, you need to do this or that. And that was like a, as simple as removing a couple instruments here or there. And honestly, I can't even remember an example of that. So I got lucky again. I got lucky. <laughs> you have to wonder if both of you growing up in the same neighborhood, same time, under the same pop culture influences helped with your synergy. Honestly, I think that would be probably hit the nail on the head. You know, it's like if we had like a 40 year age gap, 
You know, I'd have to, I'd have, I, but I would, I would probably keep that in mind, actually, honestly, because Forrest is, is around the same age as me. Like you said, I, I mean, we grew up with the same awesome like '80s, '90s movies. You know, and plus, I mean, he, I mean, he's a uh, movie file. Like he likes, you know, all sorts of stuff. So, you know, but yeah, we, we that, that's a really awesome observation, which I'll keep in mind with whoever I work with. How old is this person? I'm gonna have to go. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and look up some movies that they might like. You know, earlier you mentioned certain composers that you liked. What other artists outside of TV and film are influences for you? Before I go into that, I will do say like again, the top film composers are the the, 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 the top dogs that there are. You know, like Danny Elfman, Hans Zimmer, and uh, Jerry Goldsmith was a guy I rec I said who, if you look him up, I believe he did like Alien and he did a Total Recall. And a whole bunch of other movies. Now, when it comes to like music that kind of led paved the way for me, for at least for composing purposes, I would lean on on my progressive influences like King Crimson, or um, there's and then there's a ton of prog progressive musicians that nobody would really, not a lot of people know the outside of the music world. You know, like there's a band called Spastic Inc. That's like. I pull little pieces, but they're they're nuts. Like they are the ridiculous alien musicians, you know. Um, I there's a band called Dream Theater I really like. That's more mainstream progressive. Uh, I grew up listening to like Hendrix and and classic rock, Led Zeppelin, you know. Um, but literally all styles. I like that my progression went like blues with like BB King, Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan to then. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne and like heavy metal and then I went to like progressive and Frank Zappa Steve Vai Frank Zappa is another one actually I would put because he's always trying to be out there you know Frank Zappa it's like if he, it's like he doesn't want to do anything regular you know I don't do that too much because you know I actually try to keep in mind a mainstream audience a little bit and so maybe some people you can't please everybody you know but I kind of want to maximize the audience so I do kind of keep things a little more straightforward sometimes there's a time and a place you know to shake your thing around <laughs> <You know? laughs> well it's wise to keep the big picture in mind now you mentioned there's a soundtrack which is not typical for an audio drama Tell the listeners where they can find it. As of right now, it is streaming on all streaming services like Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, everywhere that you can find, I believe, the Metal Detective that's not like uh, Apple Podcasts, of course, but all music's most major, at least 150 streaming uh, platforms. So going and listening to there, if you have a subscription, uh, that helps me because that does streams and, and as well as the podcast because they are the uh you know the the creators of the show because there is a deal like a streaming deal with them so they'll be helped out um there was something i was gonna say about all that uh it is also available on soundcloud but you could also see it on uh youtube i actually uploaded each track onto youtube as a playlist just because you know i just want to get eyes on it as much as possible and uh man you know i i hate making promises before i've put into like the work but i do believe that there will be some physical copies of it available at some point and uh i i until 
like it's like more tangible. I'm not going to say what they will be, but it's but it's going to be analog. Like it's going to be something, you know, there's going to be some collective collectible stuff for, for for real fans. And the stuff is going to have um I believe some little Easter eggs or little very like personal elements in it. That's the, at least that's what I'd like to do. So there will be some special things for real fans. That's all I want to say about that. As long as it's not eight track. No, no, no. no. But you know what though? But I, I would, you would, I'd say you, you know, you could be kidding. But what if that was? It might be a thing that I do. That's this is crazy. But I don't. I'm gonna say right now it's not, but it, but you're close. <laughs> There's a hint. I've just been, I've just been looking into something because I thought it would be because I looked into like um, distributing in in a certain analog form, and uh, there's a cup, and I and but there's a place that does it, and there's some really cool, uh, let's just say packaging that I was like, yeah. So th- I just want to do it like that and just make it kind of collectible. That's just my 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 approach. So as far as finding it, people just need to search for your name, White Wolf, as W-I-T-E-W-O-L-F, as well as searching for the Metal Detective. It should pop up, yeah, and even just White Wolf without an H, uh, W-I-T-E-W-O-L-F, should pull me up as an artist. It should. But yeah, but uh, refine your search and look up the Metal Detective, and that would be also an easy way to find uh, all of that content. And you can, there's a few bonus tracks on there, like a couple things. It's only like three bonus tracks, like uh, the demo of the intro and outro, as well as a couple pieces of music that did not make it into the cut, basically, but I still liked the tracks anyways. Uh, but I like, you know, I liked them enough to say, hey, check this out. This could have been in the show. Um, but there is about 20 something tracks on that soundtrack. Fantastic. We highly recommend our listeners to look it up on your preferred streaming service and listen. It's amazing. OK, White Wolf, to wrap this up, what advice would you give to new composers? But well, co- communicate with your director and producers. Uh, to see what they want or specifically whoever's giving you direction which would usually be the director communicate with them if if there's any information you can pull like what you think they might like that would be a good thing say like you know do you have any references like reference soundtracks that that is a kind of a double-edged way of doing things because sometimes with your approach uh hearing a reference kind of they say it poisons your your creativity because you're like now you get stuck thinking of that but it, it is nice to have and actually once you start with that reference i recommend you know going at maybe coming up with like some some junk to kind of like start and then build off of there you know like you, you don't know if you don't always have to start with the gold you know you want to you want to take a big layer of a clump and, and mold it up but so yeah don't uh communicate with your director get some reference uh, ideas and then also pull from the greats and you know they, honestly they they they're great for a reason I, and i have a saying that i got who was it the the disney the disney composers from uh, back in the 50s and 60s they said we we've been stealing from tchaikovsky this whole time you know so they they pulled from the greats and you should pull from the greats too well, maybe one little last little bit. Another little bit is, uh, yeah, take a little bit of that. Take a little bit of the old, the greats, a little bit of the new, 
and the little bit of you. That's what I always say. Great advice, and you made it rhyme. Love it. I know. I got lucky again. Well, White Wolf, thank you so much for taking time with me today and sharing your inspiring insights with us. We look forward to what you have coming next. Yeah, me, uh, me too. <laughs> and, uh, and there's a horror, I'm doing that little horror thing that I'm behind on. And then also uh, I will say that I there is a, uh, one song, the, uh, I, will, I can say it here, at some point, uh, as soon as possible, I will be releasing a full version with lyrics of the lo-fi hip-hop outro uh, track. So that that will be coming. So if you're following me on any platforms, then you'll, if you liked it, because a lot of people have been telling me, I really like that 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 outro track. I wish I want to hear more of it. And I said, well, th then I'm going to do something with that, you know? So there will be some versions. There will be versions of the of the soundtrack songs that will have full version lyrics coming soon. That sounds amazing. We'll be on the lookout for these releases to our audience. We hope you've enjoyed this and the other behind the scenes interviews being released for The Metal Detective. We ask that you follow, share, review, and even comment. Until next time, remember, stay curious.